You're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Commissioning Conversations. I'm Heather Fallon. And I'm Lizzie McDonald. We're both researchers for the Commissioner Index. This week, we'll be taking a look at what's been happening in commissioning, including BBC Free's return to Linear and Alice Redmond speaking with Channel 5's Sebastian Cardwell about his wider remit. And of course, we discuss our green lights of the week. So perhaps the biggest story of the past week is the announcement that BBC Free will be returning to the Linear schedule. Yes, so BBC Three will be returning to Linear from January 2022. It's going to be piggybacking on the CBBC channel from 7pm till 4am, as it did prior to 2016. So CBBC will end at 7pm and then we'll stream pre-watershed content between 7 and 9pm before then returning to their slightly older skewing content. Great. So um, what kind of programmes can we expect to see on there? Well, with a 10-month window before the channel's linear return and a hefty nine-hour schedule to fill, Fiona Campbell and her team are definitely going to be pretty busy. So some of their latest commissions include a streetwear competition called The Drop from renowned films, uh, an obdoc series called Bricking It, which follows groups of young bricklayers on northern building sites as they go head-to-head to to see who can earn the most cash. Uh, These are the kind of series that I'll expect to see taking up those prime time slots. In the comedy space, the most recent comedy they've commissioned is about teens in a pupil referral unit called PRU. Uh, And I think that's quite a good representation of what we can expect to see in the comedy space. It was produced by youth-led and non-profit indie called Fully Focused and is set to grow some exciting new talent. I think that is one of the best things that BBC Three can do, both linear and digitally. I always remembered them being a place where young up-and-coming talent in comedy especially was growing. And I hope that with this move to linear, it'll only kind of put more of a fire under that as as a challenge for Fiona and for Shane Allen. And I would expect the slate to be led by those big fact end shows like The Drop and Glow Up and RuPaul's Drag Race UK, which has just been so successful, as well as repeats of some of the more popular series like Normal People in the drama space. Uh, And then also some high profile acquisitions. So obviously I remember BBC Three as being the place that had Family Guy. So I'd be interested to see what they might do to kind of grab that now. And how do you think that this is going to impact Fiona's commissioning strategy? I think one really exciting new area of opportunity is this kind of young team slot between seven and nine where they've got that pre-watershed content so it is BBC three it's not CBBC but it has to be pre-watershed so it's going to be targeted at an even younger audience of about 13 to 16 so you know staple shows like Drag Race UK are not going to be on during that time neither is normal people because it is far too sexual to be on before 9pm and I think this new demographic brings with it a need for new ideas in a similar vein I'd say to programs like Glow Up and as we've discussed previously on the podcast I think it's important that young audiences don't feel too tween if that makes sense I think programs should come across as 
being youth skewing without being like I've made this for a 13 year old because it just alienates all the other audiences yeah I totally agree and I really like how um, with BBC Free coming back to linear it's serving those teenagers and children who don't have access to be able to afford Netflix and Amazon Prime so they're going to get some great quality programming that they can talk about with their friends and you know still feel included and not feel like they're missing out totally just because they can't you know afford an escort service. Uh, Absolutely I think that is the serving that BBC should be trying to offer to young people and Fiona's discussed previously about this desire to make a returning family of brands that make sense together across the channel and that includes things like Glow Up and Drag Race just to <laughs> throw their biggest titles in there again and these ideas really need to reach the breadth of the UK whether that is representing all social classes the regions and nations and across all of the genres Just to shamelessly plug the Commissioner Index, uh, I'm going to say that if you want to find out her full shopping list and her strategy, you can view it on there. And it includes a request for ideas that reflect various social classes, which I think is a really important thing that BBC3 need to try and highlight. Uh, Another really interesting update this week was made to Sky's Shirley Jones. So Lizzie, would you like to give us the lowdown on that? Yeah, sure. So Shirley Jones, she's um, the commissioning editor at Sky One for the entertainment strand. And um, when she was talking about what she wants to be pitched and the kind of shows that she's looking for, her main want was the fact that she wants shows which have a strong comedic entertainment element at its root. So it just has to be funny. She wants entertainment, she wants fun. And it was very interesting. The show that they've recently commissioned called Dating No Filter. And she was saying how dating isn't really a theme that they really look at in Sky One. Mm. Dating competitions, it's not something that they normally do. But this pitch and this show works because they have comedic friends, whether it be young influencers like Chunks and Young Philly, or it would be like Daisy Mae Cooper, um, who's, you know, a great comedic actress, with their friends and they commentate on the dates of these regular people. And she also was saying how she wants a lot of talent-led shows. And of course, everything has to be post-Watershed. And, you know, Robin Ramesh, they've been staples for Sky One for a couple of years now. So where uh, she was saying that she's not really interested in travel log, you know, in a plain way, but because they're two comedians and they're friends and they know they're going around doing different challenges and it's full of laughter and entertainment. It's something that really works for the channel. So if you're pitching to Sky One, comedic entertainment needs to be its foundation yeah and I love those friendships between celebrities and comedians where they do kind of silly things I think those always feel like the most warm escapist programs of just watching two friends have fun but because they're comedians or they're celebrities it like draws you in that way but then suddenly you're watching them do something really stupid that you probably wouldn't have signed up for but you're suddenly really on board with Exactly. And I suppose it makes it quite relatable as well, because I know I've watched the show and sometimes it's like, oh, I'm team Rob for this because, you know, <laughs> the way he's roasting Romesh or, oh no, the way that Romesh put his um, face when Rob said this, you know, it's, it's really funny and it really does draw you in. So yeah, get your pictures to Shirley Jones. 
Another thing, sorry, that she did um, say that she wasn't interested in really was craft shows. And I know that there's been a big surge lately around craft shows. I mean, if I suppose if there is a comedic entertainment element that you can have to a craft show, then by all means, make your pitch to Shirley. But yeah, check out her profile and see the kind of things that she was talking about. Yeah, definitely. So this week also saw ITV drop its spring schedule with a number of new programmes being announced alongside the news that Love Island will be returning this year. Yay! (laughs) I think that's such a staple for ITV that its absence was definitely felt last summer and I think in a lot of ways we were very lucky that they had the winter edition of Love Island so that it wasn't a full year without anything but I think the world is ready with the hopes that June 21st will bring all of the fun of summer back it only feels right that Love Island will also return and Channel 5 has also released a true crime slate and this includes ITM Productions National Treasure and National Disgrace and these shows profile the disgraced British TV personalities such as Jimmy Savile interviews from police survivors and former friends and another program is um, Turquoise TV's Who Killed Meredith the 14 years on it takes a look at how her murder and death became a media circus and I remember like very vaguely about that whole saga with her and surrounding her case so I feel like it will be very interesting to see how with all that the Me Too movements and everything that's gone on socially in the last you know decade and a bit of how their perspectives may have changed on that. Yeah and I'm such a sucker for a Channel 5 documentary done well they're done really really well uh, so I'm really excited for that true crime slate and speaking of Channel 5 our own senior media researcher Alice Redman spoke with Sebastian Cardwell who is Deputy Director of Programmes about his wider remit at Viacom CBS. We are a broad populist channel you know, when we're, we're non-metropolitan, we're we're not niche. We're not looking at niche subjects. I'm, I'm probably not going to commission a science fiction project anytime soon. You know, we when we first started doing it, we kind of looked across at our competitors and you go, okay, what are the shows that we think our viewers are going to watch? I'm pretty sure they're going to watch Liar, and they probably watch Cheat, and they probably watch The Replacement, and they probably watch I mentioned already Corner Midwife. You kind of know what your viewers are going to watch on your competitive channels. And then you start to go, okay, so so how do we do that? And obviously we don't have the money that they can spend. So how do we do it in a way that that would become a Channel 5 drama? I think I think there's kind of slight differences in our, our thrillers because we do four-part strips. You know, the, the pace of the story is a lot quicker, I think. We kind of get in there really quickly, drag the viewer in, um, and then we, we we relentlessly try to keep them across four nights. So it's it's, you know, cliffhanger at the end of each part, cliffhanger, bigger cliffhanger at the end of each episode. You know, this kind of pragmatic scripted desire to keep them hooked across that run but still operating in that very heartland mystery thriller space where we know broad populist viewers like you know like to go like to go to so i think our channel five dramas will evolve as well i think they're always going to be non-niche though i think that's absolutely crucial for us i think if you've got a, a passion project and it's about some 17th century painter that's not for us you know if it's a kind of multi-language espionage drama with funding from multiple places you know it's not going to be for us i i really think our viewers want domestic stories that's the other thing i think i'd say i think and i think that's the the kind of edge that we have uh, potentially you know in the uk market at the moment is that yes you've got all these pressures coming at you from netflix and amazon the biggest shows on tv over here are still domestic drama 
They really are with, you know, well-known actors, actresses that our audiences love to watch every week. And obviously you are much more than just a drama commissioner. You also cover the digital channels and on the main channel and Comedy Central. So I wonder if you could maybe do a bit of a run through of what you're looking for in those spaces. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, they're all a bit different. So I'll start with Five Star, which is um, which had a really good year yesterday. I think it was this high, uh, last year. Sorry, I think it was his highest year ever. That is our. How do I say this? It's a slightly more down market channel to Channel Five. The way I kind of picture Five Star right now, it's it's kind of like Channel Five five years ago. And as Channel Five's gone more up market, we, what we've tried to do is kind of keep those viewers in the portfolio, and we've shifted them across to Five Star. So Five Star, you'll find shows like Nightmare Neighbor Next Door. Um, which is an old um, Channel 5 show, um, as is Countdown to Murder, which we've just kind of rode into. You've got those kind of slightly dialed up formats on Five Star as well, which we love. So we've got Filthy House SOS, which is, you know, obviously a cleaning show, but we make the cleaners stay in the house. So it's kind of like that little kind of spin we give on a show. We're about to launch a show, which is one of my <coughs> favourites, called Cats and Dogs at War, which is like, we know that dogs behaving very badly works well on Channel 5. So what would we do on Five Star? Okay, we'll look at homes where there's cats and dogs living together and they hate each other. And they're kind of clawing each other. So, so th- that's the kind of thing we do. Really, it's 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 those kind of fun, accessible formats with Edge. It's medical, um, heightened medical, let's call it, or blue light, or whatever you want to call it. So we've got Ambul- ambulance code red, actually, which was a five star commission, but played on Channel Five first due to the kind of limitations and content created by the pandemic. That's now back on Channel Five. We want more shows like that. Crime. We're going to do more crime on Five Star. Um, we've got two three four new crime series coming and we're, we're looking for a couple more and then i think also kind of more kind of precinct based stuff uh, i think we might kind of rogue into as well but really think think about the shows that you might have pitched to channel five five years ago you now need to pitch those to five star five select is a very small channel it's our upmarket channel it's a very low tariff and it, and, and, it, and it kind of really connects up with the the kind of vet shows we have on channel five and the lovely history shows we have on channel five we, we, we've got a kind of series of walking history shows coming down the tracks we've got the highland vet which is a, a lovely kind of companion piece to the yorkshire vet we probably do more like that it's not you know it, it is what it is it's a very kind of clear channel paramount i don't think we, we're kind of just in the co-production space on paramount at the moment really in, in for factual probably not much going on there if i'm being honest comedy central we're doing a lot on comedy central we have launched some comedy panel shows which have done very well so guessable with brilliant tara pasco coming back for season two as is channel hopping with john richardson we've had great success with rod gilbert and growing pains which is a, a really really funny kind of almost like interview show room 101 interview show about celebrities embarrassing uh, childhood moments which we all have it's very universal i absolutely am looking for more shows like that i think for us on comedy central talent is very front and center you know it's kind of key i think we're trying to age up the channel and broaden it out we're not necessarily interested in shows that are ruthlessly going for those 1624s or 1634s it's like it's just too difficult and we're not sold on them anymore anyway so why bother you know i think we want broader topics and we can rogue into areas that you know feel kind of slightly more universal we've got two kind of panel shows coming down the tracks that i think are really good but we haven't announced them yet um, but if we pull them off they should be great like to do some travel logs i think that would work really well we're looking for high volume low cost kind of comedy factual formats you could call it stuff that eventually we can you know strip in daytime or stack you know weekends that kind of thing i'd love to do scripture on comedy central but you know we don't have massive amount of money and i say this to a lot of people i know it's different to drama but you know if there's any amazing clever brilliant ways of financing comedy in the way that we have with drama i'm all ears i'll i'll be 
honest, our buy-in might be loads. I'd love to pay more, but we don't have that much money currently. But I do think there must be someone out there who can break this, right? Like, how, how, how do you do what we did in drama and comedy? There must be something, right? We could do sketch it. We'd do lots of stuff in comedy. It's all, it's all out there for the taking. Comedy Central is wide open. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting that Sebastian encourages producers to pitch what the channel would have wanted five years ago. It really shows how a channel's wants can be cyclical and maybe rejected ideas could now work. So to conclude this week's episode, Lizzie, do you want to tell me what your green light of the week is? So my green light of the week is Lifetime's upcoming documentary, Janet. It's a working title right now about Janet Jackson. And I love a documentary about a musician, especially a musician that I like. Um, And I especially like it again when they are actually involved in the making of the show, because they can share archival footage that the public would have never seen. You know, home videos and the interviews can maybe be even more personal. And a lot of the documentaries focus about the family is on either Michael or on, you know, the Jackson 5 group as a whole. So it's nice to see um, Janet Jackson get, you know, her shine. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree that it makes such a huge difference when the artist is actually involved in the making of a show. I think it feels a lot more personal. So my green light of the week is, it's called The End Is Nigh. Uh, but that is spelled N-Y-E and it was ordered by Peacock so it's hosted by Bill Nye the science guy and this is just one of those weird shows that I know I'll probably obsess over I'm very guilty of falling down strange internet holes and I feel very catered to with this commission so the show is set to examine global disasters caused by both natural and unnatural causes and Bill Nye offers his suggestions on how to survive and how to like mitigate and prevent the these natural disasters are natural disasters and I just think Bill Nye is absolutely fabulous and a great host for a subject as a science educator and an inventor and I think it's just a really fun way to look at complex science in a really silly way and it just ticks a lot of boxes for me. (laughs) I actually feel like that might be quite interesting to watch and and if I do watch it I'm going to be like okay around the house what can I do if everything (laughs) falls down now where should I stand what you know egg cups can I use to help me survive (laughs) I know I just need to make sure that I don't like watch it whilst also having a bit of a end of the world moment with the COVID pandemic maybe I'll save it for a couple of months until I'm feeling more optimistic (laughs) yeah that'll be a very bad idea So if you're interested in coming on the podcast, you can drop us a line anytime at info at broadcastintel.com. And for the latest commissioning briefs and programming green lights, subscribe to our platform or request a demo by visiting our website. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Commissioning Conversations. We'll be releasing new episodes every other week and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube and at broadcastintel.com.